Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Wednesday, March 29th. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north, even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Zav, and it means command. Leviticus 7, 11-21 This is the ritual of the sacrifice of well-being that one may offer to Hashem. If he offers it for thanksgiving, he shall offer together with the sacrifice of thanksgiving unleavened cakes with oil mixed in, unleavened wafers spread with oil, and cakes of choice flour with oil mixed in, well soaked. This offering, with cakes of leavened bread added, he shall offer along with his thanksgiving sacrifice of well-being. Out of this he shall offer one of each kind as a gift to Hashem, and shall go to the Kohen who dashes the blood of the offering of well-being. And the flesh of his thanksgiving sacrifice of well-being shall be eaten, on the day that it is offered. None of it shall be set aside until morning. If, however, the sacrifice he offers is a votive or a freewill offering, it shall be eaten on the day that he offers his sacrifice, and what is left of it shall be eaten on the morrow. What is then left of the flesh of the sacrifice shall be consumed in fire on the third day. If any of the flesh of his sacrifice of well-being is eaten, on the third day it shall not be acceptable, 
it shall not count for him who offered it. It is an offensive thing, and the person who eats of it shall bear his guilt. Flesh that touches anything unclean shall not be eaten. It shall be consumed in fire. As for other flesh, only he who is clean may eat such flesh. But the person who, in a state of uncleanness, eats flesh from Hashem's sacrifices of well-being, that person shall be cut off from his kin. When a person touches anything unclean, be it human uncleanness or an unclean animal or any unclean creature, and eats flesh from Hashem's sacrifices of well-being, that person shall be cut off from his kin. Jeremiah 9:23 and 24 But only in this should one glory, in his earnest devotion to me. For I, Hashem, act with kindness, justice, and equity in the world. For in these I delight, declares Hashem. Lo, days are coming, declares Hashem, when I will take note of everyone circumcised in the foreskin. Of Egypt, Yehuda, Edom, the Ammonites, Moab, and all the desert dwellers who have the hair of their temples clipped. For all these nations are uncircumcised, but all the house of Israel are uncircumcised of heart. Luke 8, 22-39 Now it came to pass on a certain day that he, Yeshua, went into a ship with his disciples. And he said to them, Let us go over to the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said to them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. And they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. And when he went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man which had devils a long time, and he wore no clothes, neither abode in any house, but in the tombs. When he saw Yeshua, he cried out and fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with you, Yeshua, you Son of God Most High? I beseech you, torment me not. For he had not commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For oftentimes it had caught him, and he was kept bound with chains and in fetters, and he broke the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. And Yeshua asked him, saying, What is your name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. And they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. And there was there a herd of many swine feeding on the mountain. And they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into them. And he suffered them. Then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake, and they were choked. When they that fed them saw what it was done, they fled, and went and told it in the city and in the country. 
Then they went out to see what was done, and came to Yeshua, and found the man, out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Yeshua, clothed, and in his right mind, and they were afraid. They also, which saw it, told them by what means he that was possessed of the devils was healed. Then the whole multitude of the country of the Gadarenes round about besought him to depart from them, for they were taken with great fear. And he went up into the ship and returned back again. Now the man out of whom the devils were departed besought him that he might be with him. But Yeshua sent him away, saying, Return to your own house, and show how great things God has done for you. And he went his way and published throughout the whole city how great things Yeshua had done for him. Psalm 70, 1-5 Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Let them be ashamed and confounded that seek after my soul. Let them be turned backward and put to confusion that desire my hurt. Let them be turned back for a reward of their shame that say, Aha! Aha! Let all those that seek you rejoice and be glad in you, and let such as love your salvation say continually, Let God be magnified. But I am poor and needy. Make haste unto me, O God. You are my help and my deliverer. O Lord, make no tarrying. Proverbs 12.4 A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband, but she that makes ashamed is as rottenness in his bones. I'd like to speak to you today from our reading from Leviticus chapter 7, and then we're going to also look at Jeremiah chapter 9. And in Leviticus chapter 7, verse 12, it is written, If he offers it for thanksgiving, he shall offer together with the sacrifice of thanksgiving unleavened cakes with oil, mixed in, unleavened wafers spread with oil, and cakes of choice flour with oil mixed in, well soaked. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. When one survives a life-threatening situation, he or she naturally feels a tremendous amount of gratitude to Hashem. Therefore, the Torah commands such a person to offer a thanksgiving offering to the Lord. The Talmud lists four dangerous situations whose survivors are required to bring this offering, a potentially dangerous journey, dangerous imprisonment, serious illness, and a sea voyage. In the absence of the Beit HaMikdash, that is, the temple, and the Thanksgiving offering, the Jewish people have a special blessing called the Gomel Blessing, recited to express thanks to Hashem, when one overcomes a life-threatening situation. This idea of thanksgiving and being grateful is ingrained in the DNA of the nation of Israel. In fact, the term Yehudi, or Jew, comes from the name of the tribe of Yehuda, which derives from the word Hoda'ah, which means thanksgiving. Now I want to jump into Jeremiah chapter 9, and we just read two verses from there. And I just want to reread verse 23, and then we'll unpack it. But only in this should one glory, in his earnest devotion to me. 
for I, Hashem, act with kindness, justice, and equity in the world, for in these I delight, declares Hashem. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Jeremiah contrasts two separate ways of living. Some people strive for wisdom, power, and riches through which they can take pride in themselves. But all this is foolish when compared to Hashem, who has infinite wisdom, power, and riches. On the other hand, righteous people strive to know and understand God's ways. As Rambam writes, this knowledge will motivate the person to seek God's true delights, loving kindness, justice, and righteousness. In this way, righteous people will imitate Hashem's ways. And I want to add to that verse and bring in some scriptures from the New Testament. And so the concept here is that when we recognize and realize that we are sinners and we are in desperate need of a Savior, then this is an indication that pride has been broken, true, genuine repentance, Teshuvah, has happened, and we see our desperate need for a Savior to save us from our sin. So what do we glory in? Well, in the world, we glory in wealth, in position, in status, in titles, in um, all of the, the measuring rod of how the world measures success. We may glory in the size of a bank account or the size of a beautiful home or who we're married to, but in the kingdom of God, what are we to glory in? Let's look at that. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, this is Paul speaking, and he says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus, that is Yeshua, came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. He goes on to say in verse 16, However, for this reason I obtained mercy, that in me first Yeshua might show all longsuffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. So Paul, he came, he, he's basically stating here, I'm the chiefest of all sinners, and Yeshua came in the world to save sinners. What are we to glory in according to the kingdom of God? Let's look at another verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 17. But he who glories... Let him glory in the Lord, not in ourself, not in our flesh, not in our accomplishments, not in our successes, but we glory in the Lord, that whenever we, we see a breakthrough, we see something that happens that is all about God moving and answering prayer, that we give glory to God, we give all the glory to him. And finally, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. And this is, let me give you the context on this. Paul is struggling with some kind of an infirmity, some kind of a thorn in his flesh. Some believe that it had to do with his vision, his sight. He was stoned 
and left for dead. And when they stoned him, some of those stones hit him in the head and may well have impaired his vision. And so if he was not able to see very well, in one of his letters it even concludes, uh, I write this in my own handwriting. So in verse in Second Corinthians chapter 12, we'll start in verse 8. Concerning this thing, that is the thorn in his flesh, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So what is Paul glorying in? He's glorying or boasting in his infirmities, his weakness, so that the power of the Lord will rest upon him. So this gives us a nice understanding of what is it we are not to glory in in the world, and what we are to glory in is we're to glory in the Lord and in his doings. And now I want to go into a beautiful song. Worship song is called Give Thanks with a Grateful Heart. Please enjoy. Yeah. 
Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>